0: This is Elvis Andrew of the Texas Ranger, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast.
1: One ball, two strikes, two outs. Six to one, the Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Feliz, the high set. Here comes the pitch. Breaking ball, strike three, Call! The Rangers are going to the World Series! In the air, shallow right. The
0: Texas Rangers win the pennant. Second consecutive year. Today, today, I consider, I consider myself,
1: myself the luckiest, the luckiest man, man on, the on the face of the
0: earth. Hey everybody, welcome to Rangers Nation's podcast. I'm your host, the recliner nerd, John Moore, and today we got a special one. We got a special guest from Benny and the Bets podcast, Terry Cushman. If you haven't seen him on Twitter yet, Terry and I followed each other a long time ago, right when I was getting this thing started, and he's coming in today. We're going to talk about his podcast. We'll talk about how this one started, his started, and get into some uh, Red Sox and Ranger stuff today. Terry, what's going on, bud?
1: Not a whole hell of a lot, getting ready for the, the holiday. So you're off work today, I guess. No, actually, I go in in uh, a little over an hour, hour and a half or so, and uh, I haul U.S. mail, so unless it's a hardcore holiday, we don't work, (laughs) or we do work, I should (laughs) say.
0: I've got a retired uh, mail carrier as a father-in-law from Illinois, so he he knows exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Hey, what part of, uh, I'm assuming you're in Massachusetts, is that where you live,
1: Boston? No Maine actually.
0: So you're up in Maine you're just up there everyone in the northeast either you're Yankees or Red Sox or whatever and you're just a tell me how you became a Red Sox fan.
1: Well you know I was kind of born into it you know when you live in New England you're you're a fan of Boston sports that lower southwest corner of Connecticut is kind of the mesh zone where you might have some Yankees fans in there um but you know, Maine is kind of like northern Red Sox nation, and, you know, my grandparents were big fans. Surprisingly, though, uh, baseball wasn't my first sport. I grew up a NASCAR fan, and I was a boxing fan, you know, throughout high school, and then kind of all my favorite boxers retired, and I kind of fell into baseball, and that was in the 03-04 time frame, and I was a Fairweather fan before that, so don't, it's not like I never followed it, but it just wasn't my primary sport, and Kind of caught on at the right time. I remember the misery of losing game seven to the Yankees in 03. Luckily the Marlins uh, took care of them in the, <laughs> in the World Series but uh, that was pretty painful and you know I you know got the full effect of the curse and felt everybody else's pain and uh, 04 obviously dramatic turnaround and it's been my favorite sport ever since.
0: That's funny you said about NASCAR. I used to work for a company that sponsored a NASCAR and I came up to Loudon, New Hampshire for a race to work it. Did did you ever go to the New Hampshire race? That's pretty close, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I've been to probably seven or eight NASCAR races there and uh, a handful of uh, modified races, Bush North races, stuff like that. The only other track I've been to outside of um loud new hampshire is uh, charlotte for the coke 600 that was in yep. like 2002 yeah
0: well i'm not going to talk about the company i work for but bobby labani was our driver back then who was your favorite driver when you were in the nascar are you still into it
1: i still i still watch um davy allison was like my first childhood oh. hero he died tragically in
0: 1993
1: right uh, i still with his team which was robert yates racing so ernie Irvin drove for them dale jarrett ricky rudd and uh that team has since uh, defunct so i kind of root for penske racing now with brad keselowski uh ryan blaney not a big joey logano guy but he's on the team <laughs> I, okay. I hate box players too so <laughs> <laughs> okay so we got to get into baseball that's
0: what we're doing this for tell, you know benny and the bet so tell me benny and the bets am i to assume that's mookie betts and benitendo is that what that's from or tell me how you got yes. the name it used to be
1: called fire feral is that right the fire, <laughs> yes the fire feral podcast was initially what it was i started it in uh, july of uh 2017 right before the trade deadline and John Farrell was the manager, one of the worst managers we've ever had. It's a wonder we won the World Series in 2013 with that dumbass. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was the Fire Farrell podcast, and uh, luckily he he did get fired um, a, a few months later at the expense of losing to the Astros in the first round of the playoffs. And I uh, I changed it to the Avid Boston podcast, which was a blog I had, and then finally. Um, I just, I opted for one more name change. So we went with the Benny and the Betts podcast. It uh, honestly was recommended by a follower and I, I loved it so much. And, you know, I just, I just went with it and people still tell me, you know, to this day, well, when are you going to change it? Mookie's winning championships with other teams right now. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to change it because, you know, it's kind of a commemorative name and, you know, it, it was a fun era, you know, the Mookie yeah. Bets era in Boston. So. So I'm going to keep it, you know, the way that it is, but, uh, you know, it was recommended by a follower. Is
0: Benny who I said it was Benetendo. Is that who that is?
1: Andrew Benetendi. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Benetendi. Yeah.
1: He's had uh, you know, a rough couple of seasons and, uh, was mostly injured this past season, just completely lost at the plate. So we're kind of hoping that that's going to be a success story in 2021. Uh, excuse me.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're coming up on it. So, let me, let me tell you, how many downloads do you normally get per episode?
1: This past season, uh, we were getting between 1,300 and 1,600 a week. So, right. And that's two episodes a week. So, um, you know, and given that it was a last place team all season long, you know, we're pretty happy with that. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't know anything about that. I have no clue uh, what you're <laughs> talking about. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, it was it was Okay um you know we're hoping for bigger things just before i came on to to your show uh, i'm starting to see tweets that uh spring training might be delayed four to six weeks for 2021 with a may start so i'm a little rattled from that a little frustrated um but we'll we'll see how that uh develops and evolves over the next
0: handful of weeks. Man, it's getting I, I don't know. I look I I got I was lucky this year. I did, act, you know, we we opened a brand new stadium that no Ranger fans have gotten to see yet. I've gotten to see it cuz I did actually get to go. I have credentials so I get to go and sit up in the press box. But that's all I could do. I mean, used to we used to get to go to the locker room and talk to players. We were just doing Zoom calls. So I've been in the new stadium. It's pretty, but these the you know, and everybody that hates the Texas Ranger owners have to understand they got this beautiful billion dollar building then they haven't had one fan and you don't realize how much income actually comes I know these are billionaires, but they income comes from from games and play and people coming in and spending money. That's a big part of the budget, even though they get a lot of TV money. So I can understand when you have the season you have as a Ranger fan and as a Ranger, uh, the owner going, "Hey, you know what? Right now, we're going to see what the youngsters are doing. We're going to get on that in a minute, but we're not going to spend a lot of money." So tell me, um, did 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 were your parents into baseball? Were you that? Is that how you became a baseball fan? I mean
1: um my my father primarily you know nascar was his big sport which is how i got into it and uh but he he was a fair weather fan as well uh my his parents though big time baseball fans so you know he's very familiar with the history you know he was born in the 50s so um you know so he he saw you know the glimpses of the 76 team the you know the iconic you know, fisk home run in the seventies and whatnot. And it follows it a little, a little, but not, not like me. I'm kind of like the, I'm the, the kind of the black sheep of the family. That another fun fact, I don't, I don't want to turn it into a political thing, but they're all raging liberals. I'm like a diehard Republican. (laughs) Like They're they're like, who, who are you? Where, which family did you come from? (laughs) So. So I am literally the black sheep of the family, but, uh, yeah, so I kinda, I wish I got to the sport a little sooner, but you know, unfortunately I was in my late teens, early twenties, you know, by the time I really got there.
0: (laughs) So you didn't play growing up or. uh...
1: I did. I was a very average to below average player on the team. I had a good glove. You know, I would have been the equivalent of a defensive replacement late in the game. <laughs> These days, I wish I tried harder. I could steal bases too. That was uh, that was kind of like my thing as well. Fun fact: I stole second base once with a man already on. <laughs> yeah. I just had tunnel vision and I wanted it, and I went there, and uh, he's like, "What the hell are you doing here? I'm here." <laughs> and uh before i even turned around i was out oh that's i have
0: i have a a similar stress i played all the way through high school but my freshman year uh i just i took i misread like the the pitcher was on the mound i was on first base and i misread the pitcher he had stepped up on the rubber like he was going to go into a windup well if you know anything about baseball once a uh pitcher commits to the windup you could just take off so he didn't though. he didn't do that he had he got up there he realized it and he stepped off with his right foot he was a right-handed pitcher to kind of re-go back into the stretch I took off it startled <laughs> him so much that I took off he didn't even throw to a second he just kind of stood there like what the hell are you doing I stole second <laughs> base and I was like stealing on you apparently I guess you weren't paying attention but I've done the same thing where uh, you just take off when your mind gets going and you take off and do it um so so at 18 19 years old you you get into the red sox you are die hard i mean look you you it's great do you get too many games how far are you from boston
1: i'm probably about two and a half three hours so i uh i typically go to maybe two three four games a year right uh, since i started doing this though i get invited a lot you know by people like hey come down and come do a game with us There's a, I can show it to you uh, when the show ends, but there's this one old guy and he's always behind home plate and he has a very moppy hairdo and you see him everywhere. You can, you can see him in the uh, the iconic final pitch for 2013 when, when Koji struck out uh, Matt Carpenter to end the series. And he's in that shot. You see him everywhere. He's a wealthy guy. He's like a casino gaming equipment dealer. Like he sells slot machines. Right, stuff like that. Might even build them as well, and you'll see him in Oakland one week. And I went to a game with him, and he's kind of like a mini celebrity, you know, amongst <laughs> Red Sox fans. So, yeah, I met Marlins man that night as well. They're friends. Um, but yeah, so I just I try to get to about three or four, but it's just a pain. And you know, Boston's big and parking, and you know, it's it's an old school stadium which is built literally in a neighborhood. You know, I've been so, there. Yeah. Parking is, isn't always easy unless you want to pay like 60 bucks or whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's about all I can do. And unfortunately I think I'm moving to the Carolina area, um, in a little over a year, so probably less games at that point.
0: <laughs> what do you go uh, with, with work? Are you going down there to, do, are you just trying to get away from the big city or get down to a, what, what's the deal?
1: I've lived in Maine all my life, but the winters just get to me <laughs> so yeah. i'm just looking for a nice you know warmer climate and uh the my girl i'd love to just move to florida but my girlfriend unfortunately not too keen on that so the carolinas uh, ends up being a compromise come to texas i've would love that, but again, you know, I, I seem to lose that negotiation every time. Yeah, I told you, I'm a diehard Republican. I would, uh, I would love, you know, to live in a state <laughs> like Texas.
0: You would be <laughs> welcome down here. You would yeah. be welcome down here politically, that's for sure. Now, let me ask you this: What's your favorite Red Sox memory growing up? I mean, is it? Is it? It's got to be one of the World Series. It's got to be, you know, the first one. Which? Which one?
1: You know, my. My first real big memory where I was just so invigorated actually came, you know, just a little bit earlier than when I got in was the 1999 All-Star Game when Pedro Martinez struck out uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa back to back after that epic race they had the year before. That's a big one. Um, big poppies walk off. Uh, in games four and five of the, that Yankee series where we're still the only team in history to be down three games to nothing. yep, Those are, those are big. Um, I would say those are really the biggest ones that in 2013, the grand slam where, where uh, Corey Hunter dove over the wall, you know, to try to reel it in against right. the Tigers. Yeah. But another big one as well, but, but that, The All-Star Game in 1999 was was just a real big one. Pedro Martinez, my favorite. uh, And I hate to keep getting political, but when I when I wasn't allowed to wear my Trump hat anymore. uh, This number 45 hat became the compromise. And this is a Pedro Martinez hat. It says Pedro right on the back, but I did it to, uh, you know, piss off the people who said I couldn't wear it uh, work related. and uh but yeah so i it's 50 50 when i get comments on that people are like oh my god pedro martinez and i'm like yeah you know and (laughs) well my favorite player of all time
0: Oh and he was un, i mean I love Pedro because he wasn't huge, and what he could do with the ball was amazing and it just came out of his it exploded out of his hand when he threw the ball and i yeah. you, you always got to laugh at what he did to to uh uh what's his name? <laughs> Simmer. Sorry, <Zimmer>. uh, <laughs> that 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 was always kind of funny too in that and he he wasn't being he he was basically defending himself. I mean, it wasn't like he went out and attacked Don Zimmer. Zimmer came at him and he just kinda went, Get out of the way, old man. And then he, yeah. he tumbles over.
1: And if you watch him, he kinda he kinda easily kinda guided him down, you know. It's not like he chucked him, you know what I mean? Absolutely. That and, and that's yeah. the deal. But
0: I've and even to this day when you see Pedro when he comes on and talks about anything too, he just I love Pedro. I wish, you know, the Rangers well, he's just it's Look, I've been going to Ranger games since 1972. I'm an old man, 53 years old. First memories I have of the Rangers, obviously, I mean, I can think back to, to uh, you know, back when uh, Jeff Burroughs, who you don't even know who pr- that probably is. Jeff Burroughs was, was their first MVP like in 1974. Mike, Mark, Mike Hargrove used to be a first baseman. He, he uh, was the manager of the Indians there for a long time. I mean, I've, been, I've gone through a lot of horrible baseball and and gone to games every year in doing that so obviously the only big highlights for me as a ranger fan are 10 and 11 when we went to the world series 2 years in a row and got spanked well 7 the biggest heartbreak when you or 11 when a heartbreak when you go out and lose you go up 3 to 1 and end up losing to the to cardinals um and you know in the world series that was hard to swallow too but uh i want to get into to to this year we're going to talk about this year what's going on this off season what, what, tell me what you think of of uh, so they got uh, is it Chime Bloom? I mean, I've always it's he's the he's time. the president. He's our John Daniel, but your GM is actually Brian O'Halloran, and then you just got Cora back. Um, you, you seem pretty opinionated on that. I'm, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on these guys.
1: Yeah, uh, Brian O'Halloran is the general manager, but you're seeing a trend where you know the the guy who's essentially the GM is actually, you know, has a fancy title like the vice president of baseball operations or whatever. I think Dave Dombrowski previously was the president of baseball operations and and right. he's the ultimate decision maker. When Hyam Bloom came in, the C is actually uh, silent on there. I took okay. me a while to catch on to that myself. Um
0: I know who he is. I've read his name and all that, but I've never had discussions about him. So I'm glad you t- Hyam Bloom. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's and, like John Daniel. He's the president of baseball operations. Yeah. He makes all the moves. So
1: I've just gotten into the habit of saying the top executive. Yes. <laughs> that's like because every team has a funky title. And he's actually the chief baseball officer, officer of the Red Sox. So that's his fancy title. But he came yeah. after Theo, right? What's that?
0: Was he the one that came
1: after Theo? No, Ben Sherrington. Is, oh, that's right, right. Right, right. Sherrington. Yeah, and then uh, and then it was Dombrowski and now Bloom um yeah and so so he's kind of the top guy and we're kind of right now at the point where we're we we do not know what to make of this guy and you know we've heard names in the past week that we're not thrilled with jay Happ, who we've had a front row seat to him getting destroyed we also destroyed him in the 2018 postseason gave uh scored five runs off of him so he's his name's getting kicked around matt shoemaker garrett richards Nothing that us big market, you know, baseball fans are really thrilled with, and coming off a last place uh, season with, you know, not great pitching, we we would kind of, you know, like to see them after more bigger guys. Uh, Charlie Morton signed with uh, the Atlanta Braves Braves, yesterday. He he looked like a a solid, you know, one-year deal type candidate, and Bloom comes from Tampa and had initially signed. Morton to that two-year deal. So we thought, oh, well, you know, there's a connection there previously. So maybe we'll get a guy like him. So we're kind of seeing, starting to see guys come off the board. So I'm kind of hoping we'll be in like on a Jayco to Rizzi type guy. I I think Trevor Bauer is kind of shooting for the moon. I don't don't think we'll go that route. But so we're still kind of trying to see what, what he's going to do in Boston. I don't know if him kind of reinventing the wheel and Boston is really going to play with a lot of Red Sox fans. Yeah. Um, who are used to just kind of one thing, but, um, so, you know, the jury's out there and you mentioned Alex Cora.
0: You've been hard on him.
1: Yeah. I'm the biggest anti-cheater guy you could be, you know, um, for the past several years i'm extremely anti bonds and clemens i don't want them in the hall of fame i don't either um you know there's been other things i think a this chapman got off of his domestic violence uh situation a little too light especially since his incident involved a firearm um you know i'd like to see the league come down harder i thought the astros got off pretty light and Cora, of course, part right. of the Astros, was said to be the mastermind. I, You know, it's tough to really know.
0: Yeah, yeah. You don't know for sure, but yeah.
1: Yeah, him and Beltran apparently were, you know, the driving forces behind it, depending on which reports you read. And once that came out, I was writing for uh, the fan-sided uh, Red Sox-affiliated site. And I was one of the first people to, to write that Cora – should be fired if the allegations are true. And it was like the number two trending Red Sox article on Google uh for a day or two. And as more came out, of course, he gets fired. And I was just kind of hoping they would just stay away, you know, and and just kind of move on from that chapter. You know, we've seen other managers, like I said, win championships in Boston, including John Farrell. <laughs> like right. I said, if he if he can win one, you you know, it shouldn't be too hard you know, with, with the right team behind them. So I just, I'm not, I wasn't a fan of it. And the great debate since chorus come back is did ownership force that on Bloom or was he really Bloom's guy? So we'll probably never know the answer to that uh, as well. Well, they're not going to
0: tell you. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to just say it was my. you know, Bloom will come out and tell you I made the call is what he's going to tell you just because he's going to, they, he gets paid by ownership. Yeah. So, so
1: we have to live with it, whether we like it or not.
0: Did you have someone in mind when the, when the job came open? Was there somebody you wanted to see?
1: I was pretty open-minded. It sounded like Sam Fold uh, was the runner-up. He was a former Tampa Bay Ray. I want to say he might have spent some time with Oakland as well. And he's originally from New England, so there's just kind of like a natural right. uh, fit there. Right. Um, don kelly i was kind of impressed with he uh presently is the pittsburgh pirates bench coach uh spent some time in the astros uh organization i think was the first bench uh excuse me first base coach uh with them so he he kind of looked appealing uh you know i saw some youtube uh interviews with them but uh it was apparent they weren't gonna go you know the buck show walter route, for instance you know who i think could still win a championship with a club I mean, we, we saw Dusty Baker in Houston get one game from a world series. Right. Um, so I mean, I'm typically I'm pretty open-minded. The other, the other concern I have with, uh, Bloom is how analytical are we going to get? Because I don't want to be the team that removes my pitcher from a world series game. The second, the third time of the order comes up, like we yep. saw with Blake Snell, like, that World Series is going to be talked about for years, possibly decades, about why that move happened, and you know Bloom is of that analytics mindset, and that I guess that's another thing that the one small thing I do take comfort in with Cora being back is he's going to manage the team, and it's going to ultimately be his decision in those big moments. So, so I'm kind of relieved about that, but you know we're st- like I said, the jury's still out on what this team is going to look like going forward and how it's going to operate.
0: So do you feel like, oh, well, I know what you're talking about on that. And the, have you seen the, this she movement that's gone out there with the uh, former Ranger Jeff Fry that's done with the, he makes fun of all the hitting gurus and started. Have you seen any of that?
1: No, it sounds hilarious though. Okay. Well, so
0: Jeff is a actual become friends with me. So Jeff is a former Ranger played with the Red Sox played when Kevin Kennedy was the manager. Yeah. Um, came up here but Jeff uh, Jeff's just came on one day and and uh, uh, he had been on the podcast a couple times and he came on we had like about the same amount of followers and we had started this little thing we were going to see who could get to this many followers first and I think we were at 900 at the time we're going to get to a thousand or whatever well he had seen this video of these hitting gurus trying to using these contraptions and working and so he made fun of it and it went viral so now he's got like Twenty thousand followers he's just gone nuts and and all these euclis all these people are jumping on board with him and he started a movement the she movement and, I, and he uh but he it, he's he's now becoming the genius because he just slams analytics and the fact that that while analytics has its place and you i think you and i both can agree when when you don't Look when, when you come baseball's a feel game. When you get to a point, there's a certain part of it that you just gotta have the feel for the game. Blake Snell is cruising. He's going right along there. The feeling you should have should be until some it's like in football if you're handing off up the middle to your running back and he's getting five yards of carry why do you stop handing the ball to the running back for five yards of carry until they start stopping him at the line of scrimmage then you make the move to go somewhere else why are you bringing Snell out I'm the same way it just drove me crazy that they pulled him out and and Cash is going to receive hell for that forever uh, unless they come back and win and so that was a Jeff Fry thing about the analytics are taking over the game. I understand analytics when you just come to a point where you don't, okay, I don't know what to do here, this or that, or maybe do we bring in this hitter does well against this pitcher, whatever. When it, That's fine. I get it. When you get to the point where, wow, I'm stuck. I don't really know what to do here. What's the, what do the numbers say? That's great. But at a point, you got to go by gut. That's part of this game. My gut tells me right now, you know, Terry Cushman needs to come up to bat right now. That's who needs to come hit. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way I feel of the game. And for someone old like me, I don't mind analytics. Any help helps. But at some point, you guys have got to let the game play. And you got to go with your gut. and, and, and And I feel and respect the manager there. If Let's say Snell gets rocked for a few runs. And then he comes – he's far better off when they said, hey, any thought of taking Snell out there, and he's like, sure, but the guy's cruising. Why why do I even bring him out? I've got to leave him in. He's cruising like that. Maybe I left him in a little too long. We'll we'll look at it next time. It's easier to defend that than why the hell did you – you know, you lost the game. You pulled him out. Well, he was coming up the third time in the lineup. It drives a man like me insane. Yeah,
1: and fortunately you're starting to see – fans start to reject it overall and stuff. so, yeah, and like you, I mean, I think there there are elements of it that do belong in the game, like defensive alignments, for instance, sure. uh, certain pitch selections, maybe he needs to throw the change up to this guy, like all that i'm I'm totally cool with. but when we're getting in the launch angle where they all have the same swing, and it's nothing but, as some of my co-hosts say, um, solo home runs and strikeouts. Yep, It's not a good product, not a good product at all, you know, so I'd love to see them get back to contact hitting. I've in the past, and I'm just now starting to come around on it. You know, there's been a huge ban the shift movement and I've been against it, you know, and I'm like, just let the natural course of the game play out. And, and, but now I'm like, you know what, maybe we do need to ban the shift. (laughs) You know, yep. and I just, it'll lead to more offense. And, and, yeah, I
0: See, don't know. I'm the old school guy. If you want to shift on me, I'm going to learn to bunt down the third baseline. You know, that that's just the way I feel. Until you stop shifting on me, I will, you know, Joey Gallo. I love Joey Gallo. He's, he's, he struggled at the plate this last year. I think he got a little freaked out by the new stadium, wasn't carrying like it normally does. This is a big buy. I've stood next to the guy, 6'5, 250 pounds solid muscle you could put the ball out of any stadium just get it out of your head he admitted it admitted it. hey look I'm you know he took his first batting practice when the new stadium before they even had the turf down they would let him go in and hit and he had not even taken batting practice all winter yet it was like it was probably like February so his first time up he hasn't even really been hitting the ball he's just been working out and all of that so yeah you're not going to barrel up everything right now as you're getting into the thing before you start getting into spring and it got in his head that it they weren't carrying like normal or whatever, and he said it bugged him, you know. And and then he still led the team in home runs. He only hit about two hundred, and uh, he almost had like an MVP year before he got hurt in nineteen. And uh, now I think he realized after the World Series and everything. Well, geez, I'm a, everybody hit the ball all over the place out here. I can do it. He, I think he'll be fine. But, but. His thing was, Joey, you know, everybody shifts. He gets shifted more than any player in the American League. And you just take it – he started bunting more. Take it down the third baseline and bunt it or do whatever. That's how you beat the shift. That's the way I feel about it.
1: Yeah, and teams aren't doing it enough. I mean, we we gripe about that in in Boston, but I don't know why teams just don't take the free single. You know what I mean? Yep, and some of them it's a double. If you hit it right,
0: if there's nobody over there, you can – if you're fast enough – Yeah. So let me let me ask you this. So it's 2021. Now, let me tell you where the Rangers are. So the Rangers going into 2020, the Rangers were, were in the process of a rebuild, but we were coming to the end of it. And we actually made the trade for Corey Kluber. So our rotation coming into 2020 was Corey Kluber, Mike Miner. Uh, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, and then we had Jordan Lyles at the bottom along with three or four really good prospects that could take that fifth spot in your rotation, whoever needed to. So on paper, even a lot of national uh, – even a lot of the national writers and prognosticators and people on TV thought the Rangers had one of, if not the best rotation in the American League. It was a really good rotation, one through three, and your four and five were solid. Kyle Gibson's a solid pitcher, somebody that would eat innings. Obviously, Minor wasn't the same player. Uh, uh, Kluber comes in, pitches one inning we lose him for the rest of the year and then we realized then it was kind of we, we had gone after Anthony Rendon I still say it was great that we didn't get Anthony Rendon um, just because I thought we were still a little bit away. So we went with our kids. The kids could proved once and for all that you, you we we do need to get some of our better kids up here and start letting them see where they are. So we kinda slipped back. We're we're kinda we've stepped back, but now we're really probably two years away. So we are rebuilding. Where are the Red Sox? Are should they compete this year? Do you feel they're free agents away from, from competing? Or do they need to do they need to maybe rebuild because it, let me tell you what a, a championship team can be great at the top but you got to have depth you got to have some prospects there that are right on the cusp and not only to come up if someone's hurt but their currency you can use them as currency at the trade deadline if you need to all i need is a is a Lockdown seventh or eighth inning guy or maybe i need a corner bat or maybe i need a right-handed bat or i need a, a one more starter if you are that away from competing for a world series that means you're, you're you can go out and get them with your minor league system that's a team that's built to go where are the red Sox in that case
1: as far as our prospects go, we do have a lot of our top prospects in the upper levels of the minor, AA, A. Some of them could conceivably be called up late this year if it's a relatively normal season. I, I guess if, if it starts in May, like they're saying, if that's the worst case, you could probably see some August, September call-ups of some of these players. So 2022, uh, provided there's no strike, as <laughs> let's face it, the whole sport's a mess right now. But if 2022 is a normal year, that could be a huge year. Like all of our top prospects should be uh, on the the roster by you know May or June into that year. But there's enough depth on the team. There's enough pieces uh, in 2021. <laughs> Still don't know what year it is. Um, if we go out and we get a starter, a, a relatively high end bullpen arm and then a righty power bat. If we can just get those three things, we will very much compete for the wild card this year and maybe even win the division. I mean, if you look at the Yankees, Jordan Montgomery's their number 2 starter if the season started tomorrow <laughs> and he's barely a number 5 on most rotations. Yeah. So so they're going to have to find a way to solve losing Paxton Tanaka um they look okay in the bullpen and in and, and the lineup. They might lose LeMahieu, but they don't, they're not a bona fide, you know, division winner right now on paper. The Yankees aren't. No. The, Ra- the Rays have already lost Charlie Morton. Uh, Blake Snell is the talk of the week as far as trade talks go. So if he gets traded, I can't see Tampa really, you know, yeah. going for the division. So I think it's right for the Red Sox to, to at least, Baltimore's too far away
0: still. They're in the middle of a rebuild.
1: A couple of years away, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, the Toronto Blue Jays could be the sleeper team to win the division this year if they make the right moves, if they add maybe one more starter and beef up the bullpen a little bit. Um, their lineup is very young, very robust, you know, behind guys like um, Biggio, Bichette, Guerrero Jr., very, very right. talented. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they take a huge step forward. But like I said, if the Red Sox had that starter bullpen and righty power bat, a guy like Ozuna perhaps, um, we we could win the division this year. Absolutely. So
0: are there any free agents that you would like to see the, the Red Sox go after?
1: Well, everybody wants Bauer. <laughs> I think that's uh, – Not the Rangers.
0: Not. That's not good oh. for the Rangers.
1: Oh, you're talking about the Rangers.
0: No, no, for you, I'm, no we're going to oh. go back and forth. You what you oh, need okay. and what I need. I'm not going for Bauer. Okay. Bauer would be good for the Red Sox, obviously. If you feel like that you're just you're there, you're on the cusp and the and the and the East might open up for you. Yeah, Bauer obviously, but they're not going to go get Bauer, I don't think.
1: No, no. Uh oh, Jacob Rizzi is probably, you know, the the high mark for us, especially coming off of a bad year. It's probably is Chris Selback. Uh, not yet uh, possibly by the all-star break. Okay. Yeah. uh, He had Tommy John in March. So the all-star break puts him around the, you know, the 16 to 18 month mark. Right. And with his really violent delivery, you know, you would think he's going to be on the the longer end of the recovery time. Um, So, but if we're competitive and then we get him back, that's going to be like acquiring a big time trade at the deadline almost, you know, exactly. So we're, We're kind of hoping for that, but, um, you know, and then we're kind of hoping that there's some blue magic. Maybe there's just an under-the-radar guy we're not really looking at, and, you know, he makes a brilliant move, and and that's how we get a starter.
0: Like Uh, a Lance Lynn?
1: I'd like to have a guy with a little bit more velo, but if if they're going to be bringing up guys like Jay Happ and Matt Shoemaker, give me Lance Lynn a million times <laughs> out of a million.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Absolutely. Lance, let me tell you what he is such a, you know, this year all the uh, the interviews that we got to do were on on Zoom calls. We'd have to do a Zoom. That, that's how we because we weren't allowed in the locker room and all that. He's much better that way because when you would be at his locker to interview, and I'll, I I didn't ask many questions. I was just there taping him he would just be he was a yes and no guy he was so funny the way he would do it man you really uh, you came out your fastball was cruising you what happened there in the third when they got two on you did the would you just not locating nope that's how he answered <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was so funny then you get him on a zoom call and he's just talking and talking and doing that it's like he just messes with the media he's funny but he that guy's a workhorse i'll tell you right now he yeah. could go out and give up four runs in the first inning look like total shit and then end up going seven and shut them down for six and just could, because in his mind, it's like, I am going to make sure we don't have to go to our bullpen. Damn it. It's like he's, yeah. that's the way he feels. He's like, I, I screwed up. I'm not going to let this happen. And that's what I've always loved about Lynn. It's too bad. It's the, we, we're not going to get much for him. I don't think, I think he'll be traded. I'm almost positive. He will because they're going youth. We're going to go youth. And so, as much as i love him anchoring and starting out our rotation he's going to be better served somewhere else and he's you're going to get nothing for him at the trade deadline may not you need to try and do it this offseason where you could possibly get someone better and get him back um oh, the only one that i want that the the one player i really want as a ranger fan is uh, i want him to go after the the korean second baseman uh, ha seong kim that's who i want cuz we yeah. i'm done with odor I mean, I'm ready, I'm ready, and and so I really like what I'm seeing. He's, look, if if you don't know, KBO is probably equivalent to right between AA and AAA, um, so this is going to – it's not going to translate over. He's not going to hit 30 home runs and hit 300 right away coming to the big leagues, but if that guy comes in and hits over 250, hits 15 to 23, 25 home runs, even 15 home runs and has an OPS over – 750 to 850 that's a huge upgrade and i'm i'm ready for that right now
1: let let me tell you a funny story real quick 2016 one of the red sox games i went to was against the toronto blue jays and we lost the game and we were down by a few runs like we could have got back into it if we wanted to but but there was a ton of toronto blue jays fans there and i i think i was sitting in the toronto section right because they were all around me and they were they were doing these chants, and one of them, they they were chanting uh, "ole ole 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 ole," and we were just we were just sick of being down by a couple of runs, so a bunch of us stood up. And uh, Bautista was at the plate, and we we all started countering their chance with odor odor, <laughs> <laughs> odor, O'Dor, O'Dor, you know, because he still had the cool factor back then. Probably even with you guys, you know, yeah. I know there's been some regression, and uh, that's unfortunate because you know he's he's been a hero in Boston ever since he knocked that guy out. And, uh, let me uh, tell you what
0: O'Dor, you know, O'Dor for yuvaldi um, I would almost do that today just to swap contract. Odor's only making about $14 million, but Odor just needs to change the scenery. The problem with Odor is he came up too early. He wasn't supposed to be our second baseman. We had a guy named Jerickson Profar. You probably know the name. And uh, yeah. Profar was our number one, number one overall prospect. He was supposed to come up. Uh, Ian Kinsler was the starting second baseman for the Rangers at the time. Uh, they, they needed a first baseman. Mitch Moreland had already left. Um, And so we were looking for a first baseman. They approached Kinsler about, what about if you moved over to first? We brought up Profar. Kinsler didn't really want to do that. So we made the trade, and we traded Kinsler straight up for uh, Prince Fielder. And it turned out to be a disaster for us, and Kinsler went on to play a lot more years um, and played really well. But uh, Jerickson Profar hurt his shoulder coming in. He 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 was the heir apparent. He was coming in to be second baseman, and he hurt his shoulder. Two years he missed. With a hurt shoulder, and when you're trying to punch in these other guys to come in, and all of a sudden you bring him up, he was fine when he first came up. Odor pressed into action. Then he had the Batista incident after and he signed a big extension. Had the Batista incident right after the Batista, uh, the, the Batista thing. He got he signed the big contract, but he's regressed. And I think he, I think people thought he needed to be in the top of the lineup. Odor needs to go sit seven or down, and that guy will rake down there where he's going to have to see pitches because right now if you get two strikes on him all you got to do is look like it's going in the strike zone and he'll chase but he's not going to get there he's a good first ball attack he'll attack a good first fastball you can't dabble around the corners with a seven eight or nine hitter you got to actually go at him a little bit he'll thrive in that situation but i think he i like him he's a sweet guy he's a really nice guy everybody hates him because of his gold chains and he looks all but he's loved in that clubhouse. I just think that guy needs to change the scene. He's only twenty six years old, and so. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he, you, you know, second base, y'all have got Pedroya That's is he still trying to come back?
1: No, <laughs> he's. They're expecting he'll finally announce his retirement at some point this winter. You think um, so? Yeah, he just can't it was looking like he was getting close last winter. You know, he was starting to have a little bit more mobility and agility uh, throughout the, the rehab stuff he was doing in Arizona, but then he finally had like his fourth set back and, and
0: uh, it's so, a knee injury, and, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, he's just got no cartilage left or something like that. And um, so his, his career is done. Uh, you know, the, the listeners of my podcast know I'm actually a, a diehard Pedroia hater. He's just one of those people on the team. I'm just not. I, I know. Like, oh, you've seen that. You've seen it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So long-term we could benefit from, uh, you know, like a, a second baseman on a one-year deal. Um, you know, LeMahieu is probably going to get three or four, and he's got the qualifying offer attached to him. So unfortunately he's not really a fit, but Jeter Downs in the minors uh, is, basically the heir apparent to, um, to second base. And he's currently an MLB top 100 prospect. I think he's in the lower he's part of, uh, yeah, the top 100. But but so it, the the long-term future is bright in, in that spot. But, uh, yeah, how long does Odor have left? Because there was connections with him in Boston last year.
0: Uh, he's got two. He's got two years. years well, uh, he's got 20 – He's got 2021, 2022, and then there's an opt out.
1: Yeah. So, so he's got a that, then there's
0: a mutual opt out. So he so he's probably not going to go past the 2022. So you have two years in.
1: Right. Yeah. So if they wanted to unload uh, a Nivaldi type uh, deal, then then you know that. Hey, O'Dor is be... good
0: defensively too. I mean, look, he said you've got who do you have there now? Arroyo is that your second baseman now?
1: Arroyo, yeah, actually, and you know what he really came on in the power department and that's the second time bloom has acquired him. He, uh, he traded Evan Longoria uh, to San Francisco while, you know, while bloom was still an executive in, in Tampa. So, um, it's the second time and, and, um, but he got him off waivers this time, right? This time around. Yeah. Cleveland, uh, yeah, just, just basically, uh, you know, put him on waivers and the Red Sox claimed him. So we'll see. And, and Arroyo has that fiery personality, you know, that, that Red Sox fans like. So um, so there is – I'm curious to see how it will go. And then we've got a guy named Michael Chavis who is essentially like a busted prospect, high strikeout guy. So I'm wondering if, if maybe Chavis gets traded or just optioned. And then maybe Arroyo becomes the, the super utility guy uh, going forward. Right. But then open back up second base. But, um, but it remains to be seen. I, I have a lot of curiosity about Arroyo going forward.
0: Who is Now, who on the current major league team would you be in favor of trading that might tick off all the Red Sox fans?
1: I don't know if this would tick off all red sox fans but maybe you know at least two-thirds of the fan base i'm not a christian vasquez guy and he's had a very good bat for a catcher he's been a top five offensive catcher in in the last few years but he just does not work well with that pitching staff chris sale won't pitch to him you know he has to pitch to the backup guy um I think the only pitcher on our staff that really has had success with Vasquez is Eduardo Rodriguez and even he's not had that stud season yet that we've all been hoping for. So I'm just kind of hoping maybe there's a team out there that's kind of enamored with the, you know, the power hitting that that Vasquez, you know, has found and 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 maybe we can paddle him away. He's on a relatively team friendly deal. I think the most he makes over the next couple of years is six or seven million. So, not going to break the bank for, for most teams. But I, that, I would love it if he gets shipped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's okay. So, I'm looking there. So, I'm trying to see because the Rangers, the one that I would probably tick off a lot of Ranger fans, is I love him. I, 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 either they need to extend him, center it around him, or they need to trade Gallo. And the reason I say that is because Gallo's got Boris. And so the, if if Gallo has any success, it, he's going to price himself out of the market for the, what the Rangers would probably want to spend because Boris puts together the whole – you know how Boris is. He hardly ever lets him his players not get to free agency. I think they could extend Gallo uh, right now just because he had kind of a down year. Let me tell you what Gallo needs. Gallo needs protection in the lineup. You get anyone around him that can legitimately hit and play, Gallo turns into a different player. He's knocked down on the uh, – his on-base percentages. Look, he's if you, you want Gallo to hit between 240 and 260 and get on base at about a 380 to 400 clip, and that guy's hitting a ton of home runs, he's going to strike out because he swings from his heels. I mean, the guy swings so hard. But when he's watching the ball and drawing the walks, he said it. It's great when he when you hear him say it too. When you know he'll, he'll go, uh, he went one for four in a in a two or one for one for seven in a three game series. He said, "Yeah, but I walked six times, and you know, or something like that." He goes, "So basically, that's like six more hits." I love hearing that. If they're not going to throw you the strike, take the walk. That's fine because he will make you pay if you take it down. And he can hit any. He can hit a hundred miles an hour easy. But I could if if he's valuable enough to really bring a haul back um if if they could trade him especially where we are in the rebuild either you got to sign him this uh, this offseason uh and get the extension done this next year or you've got to look at trading him and I, that might tick off a lot of ranger fans so that's what
1: <laughs> yeah i mean jackie bradley jr is is a free agent this year you know played the last six or seven with the red sox he's a boris guy and in Bradley's case, that's not going to translate to a massive deal, right. you know? So so with with Gallo, I, I think it just depends on how hot is he at the time. Um, if you want trade value, you're, you're probably better off trading him at the July deadline yep. after he's had a good season. I, right. I, I think you're going to get much lesser value over the winter. Um, if you, if you guys have your heart set on extending him, I think the off season is the perfect time because maybe Boris looks at it like we just got to get him signed now just in case the value drops further. Yep. Uh, so that's why
0: I think that that's a possibility.
1: Yeah. So there's really a lot of different ways you can go with that right now. You know, absolutely.
0: All right. So let's end this thing on a deal who any, any Rangers that you have on your wish list?
1: (laughs) Well, maybe Lance Lynn, as as you said, um, is Minor still under team control? Is he? No, no, he Minor. Also? We
0: traded Minor to Oakland. He's oh, a free agent. Okay. He's a free okay. agent. There He'll you go. Okay. He is.
1: <laughs> hey, let me I tell would... you what.
0: He did great with Oakland. He he came into to Texas. He's got a high spin rate. Uh, that guy he throws fantastic and look I think everybody kind of we got out to a horrible start he got traded to Oakland and finished the season in Oakland like he did with Texas the two years before um, that guy he's like 33 I mean you get him on a two or three year deal I, I think I, that's why Lance I think Lance Lynn is open to extending uh, and so he, he's only owed eight million dollars this year, eight or nine million dollars maybe. Um, but that guy will listen because the Rangers had talked about extending him before they realized how far back we were actually. The, the, what we needed a lot more pieces than that. So the so the range so that could be a guy that actually, if you've got Miner under your control within the year, you could probably get him. And I'll tell you what he'll be. He'll never be your ace, but if that's your two or three eating the innings he eats, keeping you in every game that's the guy you want I mean you know he's he's not going to be Kershaw or you know any of those guys the top your top ace pitchers but man he's valuable that's for sure we need corner yeah. bats we need a corner bat is what we need and so yeah. and y'all like I kept saying last year they needed to go after and get Mitch Moreland, because at the time we were kind of semi in it. And because the West just wasn't taking off at the moment. Well, with the 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 A's had taken off, but everybody else is kind of lingering around. It's like, you know, we could really get into a wild card chase here. We just need a first baseman. And our two young first basemen weren't doing anything. I was like, we'd go get Moreland. I, we loved Moreland here before he left. And uh yeah. so but but Moreland now, I think he's with San Diego. But he, he was a good guy, he did good for you guys too. I mean he is a he's a here's what Moreland was he's a solid at bat he doesn't he he watches the ball good and if you, he can make you pay that's what Moreland is
1: yeah the what we learned in Boston because he had a ton of uh interest at the trade deadline this year, and um he's at the point in his career where he should only be facing righties and if If you do that he's a three hundred hitter, and the strikeouts yep. are much lower yeah yep. and then he went to he went to um San Diego and I think Hosmer was hurt with a like a hand or thumb injury or something. And you know, his batting average kinda kind of dipped because they needed him every day. Right. Um, but yeah, and he had a he had a really clutch uh home run in game four of the World Series against the Dodgers, basically put us ahead for good that game. And um yep. you know, and then we won it the next night in game five. But like you said, great clubhouse guy, universally loved everywhere. Yeah, maybe, hey, me, maybe he ends up back in Texas.
0: Uh, yeah, well, well, they're not going to go that age. He's too old. He needs to be on a contender. I would, and I'm, I don't think Texas will go after him now. I was talking about last year when I thought we had a chance to maybe pull into this thing. I really wanted yeah. to see him go in. But, uh, you know, he's he is a piece of Texas Ranger baseball trivia, and the he was the first Texas Ranger to ever hit a World Series home run. And he was oh, a rookie. Oh. So, um, And he hit that first one against the Giants off of Lincecum, I believe. Is who he hit it oh. off of, but I, yeah, there's. I, I kept looking over who I would want, you know, from from uh, <laughs> from, from the uh, from the Red Sox. We would have to go young on the major leagues team. There's, no, you know, you you look at someone like we've got we've got Elvis Andrus who. He's probably should be traded. Also, um, you know, he's he's still a decent player. He's struggled a little bit, but he's got it. You know, he they just love him here, and I love him too. He's a great clubhouse guy. But probably, you know, you guys, the the attractive one for me is in down in your minor leagues. What about Casas? Is Casas going to come up, or is he closer? Uh,
1: he. I think we'll start in double-A. I mean, if he tears the cover off the ball, he could be up, yeah, by the end of the year. What about Dahlbeck? Dahlbeck will make the big club right away. I mean, he showed some serious power this year. I still have some long-term concerns about him as far as strikeouts and whatnot. You know, once uh, especially divisional teams start to get a second and third look at him. Um, so I'm the jury's out on what his ceiling is process unfortunately i think is um probably borderline untouchable borderline
0: untouchable so you you would have we'd have to throw in a something like a gallo or something with with, Um, so like a how about a
1: yeah like
0: a like a gallo and and lance Lynn. could y'all use both of them do you have a right fielder you know you've got what's his name uh that you got from the from the uh dodgers who is oh my gosh he had a great year
1: yeah the, the package you uh, you put out would, you know, possibly land a Dahlbeck type guy, you know, and maybe he's your answer to to Gallo, you know, putting him uh, behind, you know, Joey Gallo and having a, a possible tandem there as long as the strikeouts don't become, you know. So massive. the package
0: you're talking like a Dahlbeck for what, a Lynn?
1: Yeah, a Lynn and, you know, maybe a mid-level uh, type guy, you know, maybe someone that's not necessarily on your radar, maybe a 15 to 20th ranked prospect in your system.
0: In our system along with Lynn. So you come down and yeah. you get someone down lower in our system. Yeah. Cause you'd want something, uh, cause you're only getting one year of Lynn. I would do that tomorrow. Yeah. I, I love Lynn. I don't want to see Lynn leave, but I want to see Lynn go somewhere where he's got a chance. Um, yeah. And he doesn't here. And you know what? He would love to stay here and, and be, cause I think he likes Texas, but let's be honest, that guy's got competitive juices that are just, he, he would, yeah. he would be, a, he's going to be a value. There's a lot of talk between us and the white Sox with Lynn. There's talk with uh, us and the, the, uh, even the Dodgers possibly uh, for Lynn. Um, I think there was some talk about the, the Braves, although they just went out and signed Morton. I don't know if that, changes anything there. But, uh, you, you know, it's, it's definitely, there's, you know, it, he would be valuable to some of these teams that are com- competing.
1: I would say there's probably only a 20% chance Lynn will be on your roster by the time opening day comes. I hope not. And I don't mean that because
0: I don't like Lynn. That's the thing. Um, we We need to find out what we got. And we've got some young arms that are really good arms that probably need to just come get up and get rocked a little bit and work and work in them, get some innings, get up here, get work. Because there's a lot of these young, good stud pitchers that come up, they have some success and they, you know, they come out and look like the guy you know they are, and then they'll get rocked for five or six runs. But that's how you learn before you've, you hone it all in and know what major league hitters can do, and you become that guy that eats six or seven every night, gives up less than than three or four runs, and and becomes somebody that can eat two hundred innings. and And we've got a few of those that are just on the cusp that I'm ready to see. And I, I love Lance Lynn, but I, he needs to be somewhere where he can compete.
1: Right, absolutely.
0: Well, this was fun. We need to do this again. Maybe when the Sox get together and play the Rangers, and uh, we'll talk about how you guys are probably going to gain three more spots and you know get three more wins coming up in the series. If we play a schedule where we get to play the Red Sox this year it was all the West and and y'all played just the East, right? That's a, everybody. Play, you played National League East and then your division. That's all we did. So, um, I'm, if if you're saying they're already talking about pushing this stuff back to May, we may be looking at something like that again, which I hope not right terry that's terry cushman from benny and the bets podcast terry i appreciate you coming on man it's been a lot of fun to talk to you we'll have to do this again you hey you know what i don't get political here but uh i, I try not to do it there but you know what you got to be able to say what you want to say right i mean and yeah. people need to quit and just get over it good lord
1: yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter
0: who you root for or who you don't and uh but Anyway, that's Terry Cushman from Benny and the Bets. Terry, we'll see you down the road. We'll talk about the Red Sox. Maybe the Red Sox and Rangers can pull something together. Thanks for coming on, bud. Okay.
1: Thanks
0: a lot. All right, guys. And like I say at the end of every one of these and everything I write, nerd out.